Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. All right, ready when you are. Oh, wait, I gotta wait. I just gotta make a couple of notes here. Soup station, baby. <laughs> Have you had In the that soup order. station yet? Yeah. In that order. David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K, Sheck, Sheck, Sheck. Yes, it really is the footballiest time of the year, isn't it? I mean, we're here now. I feel now we've entered the space that it's not that Civil War reenactment vibe that you get off the first week or two of preseason. You get excited in early August or even late July because you feel like, oh, football's back. And then you turn on the TV and you watch the Hall of Fame game for four minutes and you get that sense of, it looks like football. It feels like football, but there are little things that are off. And uh, so we're past that now. Decisions are being made of who will be under center for all the 32 teams. It's very exciting. Here to help break it all down, and specifically today, we'll be tackling the AFC East as we play our uh, ongoing series here of glass half empty, glass half full. We evaluate the high-end potential and the low-end potential for all the teams in the divisions. Black tie behind the glass. So far, you can go back and dig up what? NFC North, NFC East we did with Elliot Harrison last week. Uh, We did AFC North with Handsome Hank. We did – I'm trying to run through them all. That's it? That's it. Oh, so we still have a a few left. So good. We got to get those all in. Time's running short. Because there's a lot of excitement going on over here at uh, NFL Media. First of all, NFL Now. Make sure you get signed up there, nfl.com slash now. The full library of NFL film stuff. Me, Elliot Harrison, Daniel Jeremiah, Heath Evans, so on and so forth. Everybody pretty much at NFL Media. Shooting videos, 
that are tailored to your desire. If you're a Packers fan, for instance, you'll get all Packers stuff. If you like a certain player, if you're, I don't know, there's a rookie in Cleveland named Manziel. If you're a fan of his, you'll get stuff all related to him. Sign up for NFL Now and start getting that. And maybe more exciting, I mean, I, I might be biased, but the big news over here at NFL Media right now is last week the dream finally became a reality the soup station in the cafeteria, the huddle as it's called, the soup station was rebranded. It's now the Dave Damashek soup station. It's a dream come true. Chase your dreams, kids. It, it, they are within your grasp. You know, reach for the stars. Who knows? Maybe you'll catch them. Thank you. A little, a little belated on that. But uh, anyway, thanks, Black Tie. Anywho, all right, let's take a, a look at who's in Studio 66. Maximum strength. To help us with our breakdown here. Of or just the, new Studio 66. I, I, You know, the interruptions must end by the start of regular season. Let's make that our goal. All right, Black Tie? Let's, let's really focus on trying to get that done. In the meantime, here in Studio 66, maximum strength are the two guys I just mentioned who helped us break down a couple of divisions last week. Now we've paired them up. You'll be listening to them and watching them on NFL now and, uh, you know, I don't know. On the di- we got to figure all this out. The, the digital stuff is, uh, is beyond my grasp. He'll help us. Uh, he'll help articulate how it all works for us. He's our pal. He's the Miami Dolphins fan who grew up over in London, England. Now he's here with us in 66. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. It's great to be here and great to be here. I thought that was a um, waxwork of Elliot Harrison, but actually it's Elliot Harrison with more, <laughs> with more makeup on than, than any man should, should ever no, have. No, indeed. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it does. Uh, it's not very becoming. We looked at Clinique. We, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and hello to, to the aforementioned Elliot Harrison. What's up, fellas? This is, really, this is great because I feel like the red, red flag challenge segment Yes, it, you say it's the footballiest time of year, but really, it's the coolest segment of the year. When you know, we get up. into the picks, and we'll do that. I think we're scheduled to do that Thursday in season. Every Thursday, we make our picks. Well, handsome Hank and Elliot make their picks, and they debate. Uh, you know, if one of them wants to throw a red challenge flag at the other for his pick, that's what we do. They rarely do because they <laughs> they tend to be in lockstep. Depriving the rest of us of the drama that we th- that right. uh, and we I cover, believe we're usually conflict. at the top of the charts. We're on usually pick'em correct too. as well. Yeah. But, but by yeah. the way, what do you think about the soup station, fellas? Like we're, we're burying well, the lead look, here. Okay. Are you excited about? Have you had any of the offerings so far from the Dave Damashek soup station? Dave, there's something about your face hovering over my soup, which mm-hmm. makes me think that I'm not particularly interested in eating it. Mm-hmm. And so it's big news. I'm excited for you. I know it's something that you, yeah. you have followed your dreams. And I'm, you know, you've been talking about this for yeah. two years, I would say. Yeah. And I'm thrilled. That's why I would I'm think thrilled. you should dispense with the snark. There's this no is an snark. exciting thing. There's no snark. When, I'm, when I think Italian wedding soup, I don't necessarily think of your face grinning you know, <laughs> there's, a, there's a certain snot chowder right. aspect to it. Exactly. Oh, but wait, listen, that, don't yeah. be cynics. You know, envy isn't a good color on either one of you. Let's be honest, though, Dave. That's not quite the most exciting thing that happened in your week no indeed on sunday night uh, i was uh, i was awoken from or not sunday night on sunday morning i was awoken from my uh, slumber and was informed there's a baby on the way and uh and sure enough as it turned out i was cynical about whether or not that was true but as it turns out there was in fact a baby right. and it and it was a masculine one 
and uh, and he now joins the fold with Jean Claude Van Damaschek, my boy, and he joins uh, Baby Oprah, my daughter. I now have two boys, one girl, little boy now. The question is though, I it's not set in stone. Johnny Football Damashek, is that a good idea, mm. or is that is that a candle that might burn out too quickly? I've, I have a feeling Johnny Football Damashek that wouldn't last last as long as as Baby Oprah. No, or John Claude. Yeah. What do you um, think, EH? You know, I want to go I, something classic, and now that he's born while I'm employed by the NFL, I feel like I owe the league a tip of the hat. You know, I was thinking about this. I was listening to Simon and Garfunkel. Kamish Damashek. No, I I really liked Darnell Damashek, but I feel like it's a bad <laughs> omen right now. So I, I'm going to really have to rethink, go back to the drawing board. Debrickashaw Damashek. Yeah, let's that's go, pretty let's good. go to Pittsburgh. Let's stay Pittsburgh. How about Big Ben Damashek? Dermonte okay. Damashek? Or Dermonte Damashek, that's nice. Yeah. Or, or Mean Joe Damashek. Mean Joe. That could be good. My favorite when they were, you know, you have to be different. You can't just when you're growing up amidst a dynasty as I was in Pittsburgh in the late 70s. You got to be cool. You want to stand out from your little friends. You don't know. Oh, I love Bradshaw, Franco, Lambert. I liked all those guys. Mm-hmm. But then you latch onto somebody else who's a little outside the box. I love Dirt Winston. Oh, yeah. Dirt. Oh, yeah. What about Dirt Damashek? Is that Damashek's good? Dirt good. Or if you, I mean, from the sounds of your story, you weren't, you had no warning up until the moment that the baby no, arrived. No, I had no there idea. Was one coming. How about <laughs> Immaculate Reception Damashek? Oh. How about Ouija Damashek? I was just about to go Ouija. Ouija's <laughs> no. a pretty good one. Bubby. You know, Bubby. let's not, Bubby, let's Bubby not just Damashek. jump over the obvious yeah. here. Mean Joe Damashek. You know what? Black tie. I think this is a good one to. Uh, it's a poll. To, yeah, to ask the Czech Republic on. The Czech Republic's always been there for me. I think we should reach out to the uh, to our citizenry and, and see how they feel. Of course. So drop us a anything... hashtag uh, hashtag DDFP with uh, with good names for this yeah, kid. If anything you should crowdsource, it's your child's name. That's, <laughs> that's a good idea. Ooh, Spot you know on. what? If we're staying on the banks of the Three Rivers, maybe it doesn't have to be football. It could just be anything sports. And in that case, Cobra Damashek. For Dave Parker, Sixto Damashek, Sixto Lescano, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his Sorry. star of all the uh, Clementi. I don't know, Pramanti, right, well, Pramanti. All right, R.J. Uh, Damashek. <laughs> Look who remembers his early uh, or his mid '80s uh, Pittsburgh Pirates and Lemieux. It just doesn't work. I know Lemieux Damashek, of course, is, is really what it should be. Um, all right, listen, enough of that. But uh, yes, it's exciting times over at the house and here at the NFL because of the soup station, or excuse mm-hmm. me, the Dave Damashek soup station. We need a jingle for that black tie. That's, that's something else we're going to have to work on. It's some sort of a jingle. Um, I am going to be, this is an announcement uh, just real quick for, um, please uh, bear with me, listeners who aren't NFL employees, but every Wednesday in season is uh, officially going to be free soup um, uh, Wednesday at uh, at the Dave Damashek soup station. The first person who comes up to me each Wednesday and says, what's the soup, fella? Is uh, is going to win themselves a free bowl, courtesy of the Dave Damashek Soup Station. So, like I say, it's not just exciting times for Brian Hoyer out there; it's also exciting times for me and for my colleagues. All right, let's get into it. Before we dig into the AFC East, <laughs> the big news is Johnny Football has lost out to journeyman QB Brian Hoyer. My mouth is agape. And I hope Chris Wessling, our pal from around the league's mouth, is also agape because soon enough. As he promised, he bet against himself. He said that Johnny Manziel will be the starting quarterback on opening day or he'll eat his own softball pants. It now looks as though he's going to have to do just that. I, I wonder what he's he, going to do. I thought he said he was going to shave his head. No, no, no. 
Eat no. softball Eat pants. Eat softball pants is what's softball happening. Right pants. now, he, he's flicking through a recipe book. Somewhere. Hey, Black Tie, you also produced that show. I said to uh, to the Around the League boys, you got to make a big deal out of this, and I'm not jiving. Get in touch. We're in L.A. There are plenty of places that – there are plenty of uh, outlets that do cooking shows. You need to track down one of those uh, fancy network chefs and do a whole thing of, like, preparing the pants so that they're as palatable as possible, all that kind of stuff. All right, listen, we're spinning our wheels here. Um, and soup. What's that? Pan soup. You can serve it. I'll serve it here. Yeah, cream of uh, cream of uh, west cream soup of, of west pants. pants. I'll happily serve that at the soup station. That'll be a great. That'll be a big. Wrong. That's just wrong, man. <laughs> that'll be wrong. that'll be terrific. I think. Speaking of Pittsburgh, though, maybe the reason that they did this, and a lot of people have speculated that Johnny Manziel is going to get in there. It it's, uh, doesn't appear that it'll be week one now, barring a, a Hoyer injury. Maybe that, that's how it would wind up being. But I do think he'll be in there by October-ish or somewhere around there. But some have speculated that maybe Petten and company want to spare him being thrown to this improved Pittsburgh defense and then the Saints in week two. I don't know about that, but I will say this. Ryan Shazier looked for real. If you got to look at uh, number 50, Mm -hmm. the first-round draft pick, boy, the speed out there. Eight tackles and an interception in one quarter of play. I know it's preseason football, but it was against Buffalo's ones, and it's not like they're bereft of talent out there, save possibly at the quarterback position. All right, so let's talk about that in our new segment that we unveiled. I don't know if you caught it on our most recent podcast there, Handsome Hank, but Elliot joined us for our new segment called Heads or Tails. Is that what we call it, Heads or Tails, Black? Or do we call it the coin flip? I don't remember what we call it. We called it heads or tails. But, okay. Uh, we can do coin flip. The coin flip. That's the what they, that's flip. how they start all games. Mm-hmm. I think we should start the podcast with a coin flip here. And uh, and the coin flip question is. Well, wait, wait, wait. Back up a second. It took me 14 weeks to try and work out what the red flag segment was actually supposed to be. And I think <laughs> yeah. Elliot still is slightly unclear on it. Tell me what I need to this do. This one's nice and clean. Okay. I don't know how we could screw this one All right, up. let's see if we can try. Other I'm going to give you two things. rolling it out there and not even knowing the name. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that aside. Yeah. Right, right. Listen, others, I, I, my, my brain is swimming with various soup. things. as you, you Soup and, the, you know, and the, uh, the, the baby, by the way, and all that kind of stuff. You understand. Listen, I'm not, uh, I'm not, completely, uh, I'm not completely here in 66 mentally. So, all right, this is clean. Two options. You choose which one is the correct one. Right. All right. Okay. It's I like got a it. heads or tails. A head or thing. tail. I got it. You know what we need, Black Tie? We need to get some sound from uh, No Country for Old Men. That'll sell it. Like, remember oh. when he asks him, what was his name? Sigur? Yeah. And, yeah, like heads or tails are an important question. I always say. That's a great scene when he goes into the gas in the station. gas station. Yes. And and that guy. And good that guy, for you. And he good keeps the coin. Yes. Elliot, yeah. you have you have tapped into exactly the best scene in that movie. I've long said hey. that scene is spectacular. And you know what it is to me? It says, I think the Coen brothers, I don't think they just stumbled into this. The old man behind the thing in No Country for Old Men, you know, the the serial killer mm-hmm. goes in there. Yeah. He says, heads or tails? And he's like, he doesn't want to play. He's dodgy. The old man doesn't want to play. Heads or tails? Heads or tails? Finally, the old man says, heads. Then we are led to believe, well, the old man lived. And, of course, if you didn't see the movie, if you guess wrong in that, the serial killer kills you. Spoiler alert, the movie's been out for five years now. It's, it's on you now. Has Black Tie seen No Country for Old That's Men? That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, you're just, I'm waiting. We're Tell your story, the then. All right, waiting. we'll get to that in just a minute. So the, so the old man says heads, and he lives. I feel like what the Coen brothers were saying 
is that a, a vote of heads, when you say heads, it's a vote for optimism. And I think that's what they were getting at with right. that. I think if you are somebody who calls a, a coin in the air and you say heads, then you have a positive outlook on things because you're saying it's going to come up the right side. It's going to come up heads. It's going to come up the way it is supposed to, as it were. Right. If you say tails, then you're a cynic. It's going to wind up face down. It's going to wind up bottom up. It's going to the the world's going to de- deal you something unexpected, you know. Right. And I'm ready for it by saying tails. Right or wrong? No, I I agree with you. But again, just to be clear, in as this game when we played on the <laughs> podcast, you're not actually going to kill me like you would kill an, a cow in an abattoir if I get it wrong. I will kill you with my words. Okay. You know, that's what I do. Right. Yes, EH. You have uh, you, you agree with that uh, uh, that theory or not? Well, I've always been a tails guy. I think that's more of a devil may care. And I, I keep trying to remember what the old man. <laughs> it is a, like a bad boy thing. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah. I, I keep trying to remember what the old man said to him. I think he asked him, like, how long he had been there. And he's like, me and the wife moved up here in 86 or from, something. He's, yeah, from Abilene. Yeah, yeah we closed exactly, up. Our kids but... are all growing up. All right, so let's get to the coin flip here. First one, Johnny Manziel, did they make the right choice or the wrong choice, the Browns? Let's uh, flip the coin here. Elliot, I start with you. Tails. <laughs> Don't please, please. This is we're we're in a in the early stages, just like a newborn yeah. baby. EH. I, I you can't the, play games. I right think now. the Browns made the right choice, fellas. I think they absolutely made the right choice. I think where they made the wrong choice is talking about when they had to make the decision by. When did organizations decide that they have to put a deadline on these kind of things? I mean, I remember in the seventies and eighties, teams used all four preseason games to judge talent. Now they essentially use about three quarters to of the entire preseason, like three actual periods of football, 15-minute periods of football to judge talent, which I don't think is enough. I don't think they have enough of a catalog to make this decision yet, but given what we've seen, I think Brian Hoyer was the right choice. Handsome. I agree with Elliot. I think that uh, and I said it all all the way back to May, I think Hoyer was the right choice for these first few games. I think the interesting thing to me is, now that Manziel's the backup, he's going to play that fourth preseason game. What if he comes in, and I know it's going to be against twos and threes, but what if he comes out and just is lights out and plays great, then the whole thing's going to start all over again. And Hoyer has a tough game in week one against that um, speedy Steelers defense. All of a sudden, this is back on again. Well, I think you're both wrong, as a matter of fact. I know that Manziel has not looked great, and I would submit that the middle finger has played a role in this. I mean, you know, going into that game and after the game, Petten continued to be noncommittal about the thing. And then we wake up and now, well, now he is. Well, now it is Brian Hoyer um, on Wednesday morning. It's going to be Hoyer as the starter. And, yeah, I mean, you know, all backup quarterbacks are not created equal. This is not Colin Kaepernick versus Alex Smith. Brian Hoyer has play has started three games. He's played in roughly, you know, I'm legitimately like about 250 minutes worth right. of meaningful games in in the NFL. I mean, uh, there, there's nothing that would suggest that this is a good move to me, that this is a guy who is a viable starting quarterback. And everybody points out, well, he's 3-0. He was 3-0 last year when he went down. I mean, uh, the sample size, yeah. I reject that. You know, he's, he's Brian Hoyer. This is a guy, and I understand the Tom Brady story and everything else, and, and, and – to help out Brian Hoyer's story, he learned at the knee of Tom Brady. So maybe there was some some info that he could impart to Hoyer that made him makes him a better option at quarterback. But I mean, listen, if Johnny Football isn't better than Brian Hoyer after six weeks of 
of working in the same, uh, you know, it, it, it learning the same offense and working with the same talent around him. If he can't beat out Brian Hoyer, then Cleveland's in trouble. They made a bad draft pick, and they should have taken Derek Carr, Teddy oh, Bridgewater. If that's now, wait the case. a minute. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I mean, there's a lot more. I think one thing that we all miss out on sometimes, we sit here and we watch Red Zone, and we just go from game to game to game and watch throws, and we don't, you know, people don't watch one game anymore. And if you really watch the flow of a game, you realize how much goes into the quarterbacking position. I mean, Johnny Manziel has got to get the play call out in the huddle right first. I mean, honestly, we don't think about that. We're so worried about watching what's on the field. But if he doesn't even get the play call right and his teammates are sitting there having to tell him, no, it's actually, you know, X, Y, whatever. Brian Hoyer, he gets in that huddle. He calls a play. He knows what he's doing. He goes the line. He's taken uh, snaps from Alex Mack's butt now about a thousand times. You know, and you have that kind of rhythm. I think you need that from your rookie quarterback before you could. You got to walk before you can run. That's what but I'm saying. But there's a way to tailor an offense so it's not the full playbook. Okay, and, and but, Johnny Manziel has the greater upside talent-wise. So but why do that? Because what? Johnny Manziel ultimately makes you, gives you the potential, at least the game that we're about to play here in the AFC okay. East. The high end potential is higher with Johnny Manziel, presumably. Okay. Or okay. he's a bust of a pick. Okay. However, however, I look at that Browns defense and I think it's going to be pretty good. Right. And I think, man, if Hoyer can limit mistakes, it's something that Manziel might make a lot of mistakes. Nothing determines the outcome of pro football than turnovers do. The, research, the research is there, it's, it's in. So I think Hoyer is less of a turnover risk. And when you have a good defense. But based de- on what? But that's, but, but that's my point back to Hoyer. Okay. You're not talking about, like I say, should we go with Tom Zach here? Because, huh. I, you know, I don't think the, uh, the, the kid that we have in here that we think is a, a first, that we used a first round draft pick on. But Tom Zach, this guy has no background, Brian Hoyer. He has no history. Interesting you that bring with, up Tom Zach. It, I, well, he's a pick machine himself. That's a bad one. But okay, no. so who? Well, I, but they, in these, in these they started debates, him over Cordell Stewart in '96. Right. Well, he, of course, that's it, why it's my point of reference. Uh, okay, there, but yeah. And Pittsburgh made the playoffs, didn't they? They did. In '96, in yeah. In '96, and then in '97 yeah. they made it with Cordell. But in '98 with Cordell they missed. '99 with Cordell they missed. In 2000 with Cordell they missed. And he ended up flaming out, and he played terrible in that 2001 AFC Championship game, and never had much of a career. In but Pittsburgh. of course, the difference is the difference is that Cordell was not drafted in the first round. Okay. He wasn't brought in from but, day one in in a competition for the starting gig. That's the point. It's Johnny okay. Manziel is this high pedigree Heisman Trophy winner. Everybody's excited about him. He can make plays. He can improvise. Josh Gordon probably isn't going to be out there. The offense maybe needs a little bit of a spark. You have a great defense. You tell Johnny Football, don't turn the ball over. Make some plays with your legs. Hand the ball off to the nice running backs we have behind a nice offensive line. How bad could it go? Just don't screw it up, Johnny Football, is the message you give to him. And he gives you a better chance to make plays in the fourth quarter than Brian Hoyer is. You said he gives you the better better chance to make plays, kind of those spontaneous plays. But you've also said don't screw it up. But if you say don't screw it up, you're also telling him, try not to make those spontaneous plays. You're going to have to play it safe. Give the what safe- is this Cleveland offense, though? What's, is, it, uh, is it calculus? I mean, listen, Cam Newton got off pretty good from day one. RG3 was able to, to thrive from day one in, uh, from the Superdome game. Right. And we've seen on. him in two preseason games, and he's looked – I mean, that – that was embarrassing on on Monday night against the Redskins. That was an embarrassing performance by Johnny Football. He threw Brian Hoyers wasn't exactly Johnny Unitas, right? But but he wasn't try, He's not expected to do much more than that either. 
Like mm. the biggest question to me is, if you're talking about a safe pair of hands, you got. I mean, I realize you only came in ten ten days ago, but Rex Grossman's on the roster. I I probably rather have him than than either of those two guys, at least to start the season with, because in it, I mean, like we can argue about this now, but inevitably, week six, Johnny Manziel is going to be their starting quarterback. I know, well, we're going to get to with, AFC. With that, I agree, yeah. and I know Elliot uh, has. Uh, like, uh, he's. I'm not the only one who's busy. He's doing his stuff Eric for NFL Pegram now. Damashek, that's my new vote. Eric Pegram <laughs> Damashek. <laughs> Bust Damashek. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of good. Carnell. Um, Fats. Let's see how the, the way turns out. We could go uh, a little on to uh, number 63. Oh, yeah, Hollywood Bags. We live in Hollywood after mm. all, so Hollywood let's talk Bags. Some all right, let's get to the AFC East, and maybe we'll do some more coin flipping. But, see, it's fun, isn't it? It Hanson? is fun. I like to- coin coin flipping. I had other <laughs> juicy <laughs> coin flipping. I wanted to talk about some uh, some uh, hard knocks here. Boy, that, uh, that team collectively is – Charisma challenged, aren't they? Well, yeah. they are and they aren't because the guy. I mean, it's all very well Johnny Manziel doing what he did on Monday night and, and embarrassing Heath Evans. By the way, I don't know if you saw Heath Evans, but he's very upset on Total Access by Johnny's um, Johnny's gesture on Monday night. But Brian Cox obviously was the guy who who in, I don't think he invented Buffalo. it. I don't think he invented it, but he came out uh, out of this out of the tunnel in Buffalo with two of those raised. And uh, I love watching him. Double barrel. Cox rocks. is great. Harry Douglas is great. There are a couple of guys mm-hmm. that are potentially amusing, but uh, boy, Matt Ryan is. Uh, well, well, I don't know yeah. if he what should go you, into stand up. I don't think he should some... go into stand up. Is <laughs> all joke, the joke? He really the captivated the room really, with yeah, the, they were like, <laughs> the joke. Is he still you know? talking? <laughs> yeah, you could tell. Everybody at some point, uh, actually, on multiple occasions, it ran through their head. Oh, we're on hard knocks, and this right. maybe will make it. So I better not say anything yeah, yeah. jerky. And Matt Ryan, you could feel about three or four times through the telling of the jokes, like I wish I could just abandon this, but that'll look bad right. on camera. So but I, I tell you how it. the whole thing came about: is Mrs. Ryan said, "Hey, Matt, you come about, <laughs> you come so across right. as a bit of a personality vacuum." How about you tell the guys a joke? <laughs> They'll definitely take that. And he's like, okay, I think I heard one good one the other day. I'm going right. to have to go, Black Tie. All right, we're going to go. No, Let's, no, 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 no. Don't, no. don't you think about it. Right. Don't you think Lock about it, EA. Look at, look at, look at Black Tie. Stuff to do. Black Tie throws his hands in the air as if to say, Let's I told go. you guys. Rapid fire. Let's, Let's do it. Let's Let's do it. Do AFC East. High, low, we're going to determine the best possible record and result in the postseason if they can get there and what the worst possible thing is. And we'll start, of course, with the New England Patriots, EH. Lay it on us. Everything goes well for New England Patriots, and they play their schedule well. They stay healthy. I think they can finish at 13-3. and three. I think that is their absolute high-water mark. I still see some problems on defense. I think their low-water mark, fellas, if things don't go well, their defensive line has got problems. Steven really fumbles the ball. Shane Vereen can't be the go-to guy. I think this team could end up 9-7. and seven. I don't Ooh. think they go lower than 9-7. and seven, I th- You know what? That's exactly the same thing I was thinking. This is ridiculous. It's almost like I came from Texas. I met Mrs. Harrison um, actually earlier this week, uh, Mama Harrison. and uh, She's just, lovely. She's great. It's wonderful to meet her. And I was, I was going to say, are you sure you're not my mom? Because Elliot and I agree on everything. <laughs> 13 and 3. She and really nine wanted and seven. to meet Damashek. Did she? Yeah, because she thinks he's Czech. And I tried to explain to her that he's Slovakian. It's Czech. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Czech Republic, right. not yeah. Czech. Don't, don't well, we're those. Czech. We're Czechoslovakian. Yeah. I'm Eastern European somewhere. It's not uh, determined exactly from where my people hail, but somewhere in that region of the world. Um, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl championship within their grasp against assuming. Now, I mean, you know, nobody, uh, we're trying to play it, you know, the high end, every pie mm-hmm. in the sky. But somebody good is coming out of the NFC. It's mm-hmm. going to be yeah. 
uh, the the Seahawks, the Packers. There's New not going to be some jive team that sneaks through. New England can beat any team in the NFC. Right. If they have a great day, they can beat any team. I'm not saying that they're my favorite to win the Super Bowl, but I don't. I think uh, three times out of ten, they can beat any yeah. team in the NFC. Gronk, Gronk has to stay healthy. He needs That's to be my play, thing. He needs That's to be playing. Me, if yes. they get to the Super Bowl, let's say, or if they get into the playoffs, Gronk needs to be healthy for them. Tom Brady. I, the point that I make over and over again is there is a glorified game manager, which is Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Guys are super efficient. We need a word for that. They're unspectacular. Their their numbers are spectacular. But to watch the play, you don't yeah. you don't look back. And, oh, did you see how he shed the tackler and they you know then then spun, rolled out of the pocket and drilled it. You know we they get don't... it, Ben Roethlisberger style. We understand. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm talking about <laughs> Romo, Russell Wilson, and so on. Those guys always get you to the playoffs. So you know Tom Brady's going to do that. But I think they need Gronkowski to get through a minimum of two AFC games and a Super Bowl. Yep. Ken, Bre- Ken Burrell, Tompkins, and Danny Amendola and the rest Brandon are not Lafell's enough. Not I do just it. don't think it, it can happen. I agree with you guys. I think 13-3, and 9-7, and seven, I'm in lockstep with all of you guys. I And in fact, this is sacrilege to say – but I'd like to see Tom Brady win. I just think he seems like a a mensch. I think he cuts the figure of the, really the guy who should be held up as the face of the NFL, yeah. and not yeah. just because it's so handsome. He is super classy and competitive yeah, and makes exactly. everybody good, makes all the players on the field around him and uh, makes them better. And it's, it's and it's a great story coming from where he came from, all that stuff. I really like him. I'd like to see him get Wait, one more. Wait, can you more. tell that story? I've never heard it. <laughs> I, I think you're familiar <laughs> with it. You can Google it. Go, okay. Google six-round pick. Right. Um, next up, let's do it for Handsome here, the Miami Dolphins, and I'm going to turn this one over to you, Handsome. Um, I think best case for them is 10-6 and six and a, on a wild card oh, no. berth, and I think worst case is 4-12. and 12. Wow. Boy, you're really jumping off before the season ever gets off. on I'm there. I'm being realistic. Can I, I tell you something? They, I, go, they play the Patriots twice a year. They're going to split games with the Jets, and, and then – and then, and, and maybe the Bills, based on recent history. And then, you know, they've got a, a tough schedule overall. Elliot and I debated uh, last week who is going to have the first overall pick in 2015. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny, I asked that question to a few of the fellows around the NFL newsroom, Willie McGinnis, Keith Evans, and so on. It was remarkable how quickly they all said, you know who it might be is the Miami Dolphins. Boy, I wonder why the, the, there was some enthusiasm. It felt a little while ago, but boy, I, I, I'm well, starting I, to feel people backing right. off this team. I'll tell you what I like about the team. I think Tannehill will be better. I think they've got a really, really deep receiving core. They've got you know Wallace. They, I really like what Jarvis Landry's done during the preseason. I think Effective he's tight be, end. They've got a, a good tight end. I think their secondary is is going to be better than it was before. I think their defensive line is outstanding. Maybe a top five D line. But their offensive line still has question marks, and, and the question marks this time around are more about the running game. They haven't been able to get anything going in the preseason, and I realize you don't want to judge everything on that, but you know that doesn't look good. And then, then there's still the question, can they protect Tannehill? And then their linebackers are terrible, like awful. Hmm. And I'm not sure that they, if you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run, then you're going to have problems winning games. Against that, yeah, especially with the way the Jets are going to run right. things and then improve Bills' offense. EH, go ahead. I go ten and six, six and ten. I really think that this is one of the teams that I don't have much of a corridor or whatever you want to call it. A yeah, big right. span. I, I really feel like they are what they are. I just don't see them, uh, Hank, losing uh, more games than ten. 
given what you just talked about. I mean, the, the only thing that makes me think it could happen is that this is clearly Philbin's make or break year. Mm-hmm. If the team falls apart, it tends to be in those type of situations yeah, right. where everyone's aware he's a lame duck. Yeah, that that uh, if they if it if it, if they start a slide, then the slide tends. to I, that's that's exactly what we yeah, talked and, about. And, and Once I've you know that. the guy's dead man walking, right. then the wheels fall. You off. see a five and seven team lose a couple of games, and then they end up yeah. five and eleven. Yeah. I, I get it. Uh, Ten and six. If if several things happen, one Tannehill has to get protection, which yep. I think he's going to get. I and, think he and, will be better off. And he's effective. And they've got to get chemistry with him and Mike Wallace. I, I, look, I like Brian Hartline. He's effective, but they need Mike Wallace to step up and play. And if he can, they could get into some games where they actually win twenty eight twenty four instead of losing those yep. high scoring games all the time. Now they can never keep up, is what I'm saying in a track meet. They need to have at least the ability to win maybe two track meets this right. year. The reference I keep making is Mike D'Antoni going to the Lakers and jamming his system in. If you're the Dolphins, you simply must push the ball to Mike Wallace. Have him run skinny posts. That's his. That's where he's exactly. most effective. He's not a go up and get it over a DB kind of thing. He, I mean, he is a little more rugged over the middle than some people think. But his his skill is catching the deep ball. He's maybe the best at it in the NFL. Play to his strength. Don't yeah. try and and make him into something he's not. Eh, you're going to run out of here real quick. Jets and Bills, high and low end. Just give uh, us the schedule. You yeah, don't have to hack yeah, it up. Yeah, Buffalo. I've got ten and six. Everything goes well. I've got four and twelve. If everything goes badly, I think they have more opportunity for things to go badly. Partially just because of the, the the rain cloud that's over that organization. They haven't made the playoffs since '99. Losing Kiko Alonso, man, I that injury is huge because their defense, I think, would have been the best in that division. And the New York Jets, I've got best case scenario, eleven and five. Mm. That is if everything goes well, and that's really dependent on Geno. But because it's so dependent on Geno, to me, if they don't go eleven and five, and then everything goes downhill, I think the Jets could just as easily be five and eleven. So. Unlike Miami, I think there's a, a bigger window for the Jets and the Bills because I believe in Ryan Tannehill more than I do E.J. Manuel and more than I do Geno Smith and more than I do Michael Vick. I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill than Michael Vick. Hmm. So that's basically the way I'm looking at those teams. Right now, though, I, I, I feel like, unfortunately, in this division, things would have to go terribly wrong for New England to lose. I thought Buffalo might be able to threaten right. them. Maybe if E.J. Manuel looked dynamite and Kiko Alonso stayed healthy. Uh, neither one has happened. I d- all right. Well, you go, E.H. We appreciate the time. I love you. Yeah, go get it. Hey, congratulations. Thanks, pal. Or as you say, Mazel tov. Yeah. Well, we'll t- I don't think we're going to go uh, Staubach. You're not going to win me over. I'm not going Landry. Emmett Damashek. No. That's fine. It's, none yeah. of it is a possibility. That's fine, just as long as more people around here could admit that the fantasy dreidel that we did a few years ago was pure genius. Oh, just, yeah. Just saying. a little scene Hank, segment I love you that too. we tried out. There he goes. The great Elliot Harrison. Great Track to him see down. You, on NFL now. In season. Yeah, there's uh, the power need, rankings and everything a, else. A lot more foundation on that. All right, there goes E.H. and walking past him through the door into Studio 66, Maximum Strength is one of our researchers here. This is something that uh, that we began a couple of weeks ago. We're going to be doing it through the season because I like their way collectively. They're different personalities, but I like the information that they have. Our research department here at NFL Media does a gangbusters job so much so, in fact, that all the info that they have doesn't make it into either on the network or on NFL.com. So I want to give it uh, a chance to uh, to be heard here because it's good stuff. And joining us today is researcher extraordinaire from Kentucky, 
It's Bill Smith. What's the poop, fella? Not much. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Um, have you enjoyed any soup from the Dave Damashek soup station yet? I have not. Well, have, please have get on it. Out. I don't know what's wrong with you. But all right, so here's what we're going to do. I'd like you to share, and uh, and your colleagues as well will come in here on the podcast, like I say, during the season. And we'll rotate you fellas, and when we have more time, I'd like to get to know the man behind the numbers. But right now, because time is short here in uh, in the studio, let's get to some AFC nuggets here to share with us. But actually, before we jump into those, though, handsome, I don't want to mm-hmm. jump in and build. Please jump in with any thoughts you have with what EH was saying there yeah, about but- the Jets and the and the Bills. Go go with the Bills there, high end, low end. On I those think guys. Bills ten and six. I think the same as we said with the Dolphins. I think they have that range. I think they're more likely to trend towards the bottom, which is is four and twelve. And it's just because of EJ Manuel. I haven't seen anything from EJ Manuel that makes me think. I agree. That's a guy that can that that can turn that team. I around. hear you, but if you really like we talk about, if you really maybe shrink the playbook a little bit and right. you make it about for this guy. Get the ball in the hands of your He's playmakers. They got... have a bevy, maybe right. the greatest collection of offensive playmakers in the NFL, which sounds crazy, but that is the potential, at least, of Sammy Watkins and Spiller and Woods and, you know, and, and Mike Williams is, I don't know, as a, as a number three. They've got dynamic offensive players and a defense that's potentially dominant. I think they really do have that 11-5 and five kind yeah. of potential, and the defense, even without Kiko Alonso, could step up. They're, they look good on the back end. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm down for 11 and five. The problem is they've got to play six games against good defenses. The defenses in that division are all good as well, you know, as well, well as theirs. I, I do think, yeah, and obviously the playoffs are reasonable if they could go 11 and five, but now I've, I, you know, I'm backing off the jets a little bit because of the questions about their secondary and the injuries mm-hmm. they have. If that defense isn't dominant for the jets, then that's a team that like uh, EH said, there could go six and 10. And, right. you know, go, of course, if you put the asterisk next to it, that if it appears by the end of October, that, uh, that the Rex Ryan regime is uh, in its last days, then, you know, of course, then all bets are off two yeah. and four to any team can go, completely down the tubes if if you're if exactly. the coach uh, you know can't garner any and, respect and to there. put a bow on this division i know we're playing high and low but I, th- I i think the patriots end up 12 and 4 in division champions and the other teams are probably somewhere between eight and six wins each i just said i admire tom brady i am downright rooting for him if my team the steelers can't win i'd love to see tom brady get one more ring because it because of who he is but, man, that guy has made a deal with the devil or something because the AFC East is just uh, owned by the Patriots. Yes, largely because Belichick has a machine that works and they're going to win uh, double-digit games every year. But, man, can somebody rise up and be a legitimate threat in that division? Save a couple of Mark Sanchez-led Jets teams. Who's really been a viable threat to them? The Dolphins same, once or twice? It was the same the with Peyton in, in the AFC South. Yeah, same thing, right. It's the well, greatest virtue that they have going for them. That's that. where the first nugget comes in. You guys wanted AFC Nuggets. Lay it on us, Got Bill some Smith. AFC East Nuggets. Now, the Patriots have won the AFC East five years in a row. The last time they didn't win it was 08 because Brady went, Brady went down. They'd also won it the five years before that. So if they win this year, that means six years in a row they win the AFC East. Can either of you name the last time a team won their division for six years in a row? Well, the Eagles went to four straight. Um, NFC title games, so they must have won the division in each of those. Well, not must, but I would think they won the division in those three years, off the, uh, four years off the top of my head, but that is not six, is it? 
Um, Peyton never did that with the Colts. Nope, the Titans got them in 2008. Yeah, went 13 and three. Um, yeah. I mean that's yeah. Pick out the teams that are uh, the the Colts. Did they have a run like that with Peyton? That's what I just nope. said. Oh, you, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking because I'm in my own head. I'm sorry. I'm not. Um, I'm not tuned into what you're saying, handsome. I apologize. How about the? How about the 49ers Bucks? of the NFC West with Joe Montana into into Steve Young? Never did it. Really? Wow. Who would have gotten in their way? The Rams? I don't know who would have knocked that team off. All I right, lay it on us. All right, all the way back to 1979, your Pittsburgh Steelers won from I thought 74 it would be bad to, say that. to 79, and the L.A. Rams also won from 73 to 79, seven years in a row. But it's been wow. The wait, it's been 35 years. The L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams. Wow, what a funny thing! And they never did anything with Pat Hayden, and uh, and then they finally get to a Super Bowl when Vince Ferragamo takes over <laughs> in 1979. How funny is that? Yeah, that that team, the Rams, could never take care of business once they got to the postseason because they had a bad habit of having to go up to the Met to play in frigid Minnesota to play the Vikings. It seemed like that team was their undoing just about every year. And then actually, as a matter of fact, the Cowboys would whip them in the postseason when when the uh, mm-hmm. Vikings did not. All right, that's a fun one. I don't. I, I don't want. I didn't intend for this segment to turn out though into a shaming of me and handsome. It's, right, it's not supposed it's to be a shaming. You're, you're trivia exposing us. Thirty-five years since it happened, so maybe everyone shouldn't give the Patriots a division this ah, year. Okay, I, I see, see what, what you're you saying. Mean. All right, good point. Good maybe point. it won't happen. But then again, my it my retort will, to that is Gino. Yeah, that's what I say back to you. It's EJ. only one of the teams. Yeah, what Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I if anybody was going to do it, it would be. The, I would I'd say it would be the Jets. If I had to take one team that will not that could knock this team off, it would be the Mike Vick Jets. As long as they do the right thing and put Mike Vick in there, because he can get hot and take them to a division crown. All Gino right. cannot. So everyone's on the Sammy Watkins train, as they should be. Fourth overall pick, Clemson. He seems great. By oh. the way, how was Clemson not, not a national champion? How did they not beat everybody by 78 points when they had, at one time, Sammy Watkins. Andre Ellington. Andre Ellington, DeAndre Hopkins, Taj Boyd, and Martavis Bryant. DeAndre this, Hopkins. Yeah, this is a yeah. And DeAndre, what a loaded team! How did they? They, they lost four games when all and uh, Dwayne Allen, correct, the tight end of uh, the Colts. All right, go ahead, please. In the last decade, though, only four rookie wide receivers have had a thousand yard season. Don't ask me who they were, because that's more it's not, shaming. It's not about who they were, though. Last year, there's Keenan Allen. Uh-huh. Before that, you have A.J. Green in 11. Marcus Colston of seventh-round mm-hmm. pick fame huh. in 2006. Wow. And then you go back to Michael Clayton in 04. Michael Clayton! What his a great— only thousand-yard season of his career as a rookie. Boy, is that a tremendous trivia question that no one on the, on, uh, the face of the earth could ever get. So everyone wants to say Sammy Watkins is going to have a thousand-yard season— Awesome one. Hasn't happened very often for rookies, and no time in the past decade have we had two. So maybe it's not Sammy Watkins. Maybe it's Brandon Cooks or Kelvin Benjamin or Mike Evans. Wouldn't you say Kelvin Benjamin has to be it? I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, who uh, just because of a lack of other options. Jason Avant and Jericho Cotri don't really inspire much. Yeah, yeah, they won't combine for (laughs) – yeah, that's combined for 1,000. All right, last one. I like this. This is great stuff so far. There you go. 
Um, we'll we'll go to we'll go to your Jets now. Pick up Eric Decker this offseason. <laughs> now they're mine. They're your Jets. You said because <laughs> I because I the give them chance. a tepid vote that they might, if everything breaks just right, <laughs> could maybe get past the Patriots. They're mine. Though. Absolutely, that's how it works. So the Jets over the past two seasons have a total of twenty-seven touchdown passes. Over the last two seasons. Two seasons worth. Wow. Manning, Manning more than doubled that last season. Yeah. <laughs> Decker over the last two seasons has 24 touchdown receptions. <laughs> the Jets have thrown for 27 as a team. So especially for fantasy purposes, if you're thinking Eric Decker Think may again. put up anything close to what he has, you might want to take a second I, look I, at the team he's on. I agree, except that I do feel like I have to – provide this caveat to those who forget it all the time when they say, well, Eric Decker did it with Peyton Manning. Well, yeah, he also caught, what was it, eight touchdowns off the arm of Tim Tebow and other bums in in Denver this season before Peyton arrived? That's and, a, I mean, that's a pretty good uh, production for it, considering who was doing the But he had throw. other guys. He had Demarius Thomas on the other side. He's not going to have that in New York. I suppose. And then, then you get into that classic debate of, uh, you know, whichever side – lends itself to your argument the do you, is it better to be the one viable target in an offense as Steve Smith was for right. the majority of his time in Carolina and therefore you're going to your numbers are going to be boosted by being the only guy who's going to get those targets or are you better off to be uh, complemented by some other weapons out there it's really i guess it's a matter of if Eric Decker is a bona fide number 1 which i contend he is i think he cuts the figure good speed great size dynamite in the red zone. I think he'll be a touchdown maker you for that You think he can team. beat double coverage? I think, you know, as a red zone target, yeah, it's about going and getting it when you – and he does that well. I, I don't think it's a matter of double coverage. I, the guys that you can trust in that – you know, Calvin Johnson being the preeminent one, there, there are three things that can happen when you throw that jump ball in the red zone. Two of them are good, or one of them is good. It can be caught. Two, it could be incomplete. And three, it could be picked off. The guys that are good at it, and Eric Decker's one of them, they prevent the interception from happening. So only good things come when you throw to guys that know how to how to work that red zone the way Eric Decker does. I think he's one of the best at it. Bill, right. have you got any Dolphins nuggets in Absolutely. your, in your, got, in your oh, bag got, for go Are you going to explain to us what happened to the helmet on the Dolphins' head? I'm not, but we gotta we got to get hammers I don't know where Dolphins in before we go. So Dolphins' week one projected starting offensive line None of the guys will have started a game for them last year. It looks like Brandon Albert at left tackle, Darren College or Shelly Smith left guard, Samson Satelli or Sam Brenner at center, Dallas Thomas at right guard, Jawan James the first-round pick at right tackle. Now, that may be good considering Tannehill was sacked a franchise record 58 times last year, but it's only happened one other time in NFL history where in the 16-game season where a team has had no offensive lineman who started the year before play for them the next year. It's the 2004 Chargers, and they actually ranked fourth in the NFL in sacks oh. that year. See, there you go. That's I, also the first time that five offensive linemen have been name-dropped on this podcast. Right. Without <laughs> in the history book. And I, one of them was called Shelley. You know, by the way, as a side note, I want to get our pal Ross Tucker on the podcast because I think it would be a, a fun thing to hear – you know, in broad strokes at least, somebody, because I, it goes without saying that it, how well your offensive line plays 
dictates to a large degree how good your offense and how good your team's going to be. I'd like someone who really looks at it and studies it to just tell us in broad strokes going into the season, rank them. Give us a, who, who really is a good offensive line because we, it's all speculation. It's all, it, it's all reckless speculation. That, that offense is going to be good. Well, how, well, you know, if the offensive line is good and gives a mediocre QB an extra half second to make a play and make a decision, that offense is going to be that much better. So I'd like to do that. Um, all right, we're gonna wrap it up there, Black Tie. You wanna get, you wanna kick us out of here? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, you start talking to offensive linemen, and it's time to go. You know, I know, but you wait. might need a different producer for that podcast episode. For the offensive line, yeah. you won't sit through it. We'll make it fun. Ross Tucker's always delightful. He's a to, great guy. Yeah, it, yeah but yeah, yeah, we do have to go though. All right, so we'll wrap it up there. But great nuggets there. Did you that like was, that handsome hand? We you... should do that more often. Definitely. Let's get Bill in here. Let's get his buddy Drew in here. Real quick, so I, I feel like the Dolphins now, I'm really now considering they are one of my teams. This is the hard thing to do, Bill Smith, is to identify in mid-August what teams are definitely not going to the playoffs. There are very few, really. It's a testament to the parody of the NFL and the optimism and all that. Who You know the Cowboys ain't making the playoffs. The That's Giants the first are, one out of your mouth is the Cowboys? First one. First the, one is the Cowboys. The Giants are now sh- shaping up for that. But well, the Tom well, you Coughlin, can't take two out of one division I know. The stage. Tom Coughlin magic, though, of, of rebounding when after a dire season makes me back off mm-hmm. them. The Raiders can't make the playoffs. There we go. That's where Raiders I thought you'd start. No playoffs. offense to my research buddy Drew, who's a diehard Raiders fan, but yeah. they really don't Facts are facts. And I might put the Dolphins in there. People really? are starting to make me lean that way. I wouldn't. I, that would be foolish. Really? I and mean, it, if you want to do that after four weeks, I'm. I'm do you then, know if they have the third or fourth pick in the draft? Think about this. This is you know if things start to go wrong for you, if it, if they are lousy, if they go like, let's say five and eleven, at least you'll be looking at Marcus Mariota. Uh, Marcus Mariota, right? You feel good about that? The Ryan Tannehill I'm not, era. I'm not, I'm not entertaining that conversation in August. You don't want to. No. All right. I'm just trying to make you feel good about things in case things go That's, south for I, you. I appreciate that, but let's not have the conversation. All now. right. Thanks to Elliot Harrison. Great stuff from him. Sorry for babbling so much at the top about uh, about my soup station and my baby. And, uh, it's all right. And you're, you're entitled to do that. All right. Thank you. Maybe, you know what? Instead of a Pittsburgh athlete, maybe I should name the baby after soup. <laughs> you think about that. Butternut Mots- squash. <laughs> Matzo ball Damashek. Mm. Five bean Damashek. What do you think about that? Italian wedding Damashek. Oh, wow. Really? That could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks to uh, Bill Smith. See, I think this is a good segment. Do you like it, Black Tie? We'll keep it going there. Best part of the show today. And that's not a dig of the rest of the show, but really good stuff. Good nuggets. Really fascinating yeah. stuff. Yeah. In fact, it generated a lot of thoughts that I don't have time to share because Black Tie is we telling gotta us to get out of here. We got to go. All right. We're going to wrap it up here. And this might be, I don't know for sure, this might be our only podcast of the week because of the aforementioned uh, soup, station. Uh, soup station responsibilities and baby raising uh, responsibilities that I have this week. But I don't know. Who knows? What's on your be- agenda of baby raising this week? I got a lot of stuff to do, you know, waking people up like, hey, the baby's crying. You know, you should do something about that. You know, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, (laughs) All right. Hey, I got, you know what? That baby's making such a racket. I need some peace. I'm going to go to the bar for just like an hour and a half, and then I'll come back. That, you know, that's time. The, The time to travel to the bar and come back and all that sort of thing. All right, listen, we'll be back with more hooey and applesauce. I don't know, this week, maybe early next week. Be on the lookout for it. Either way, in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 